Hello, 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 everyone. Hello and welcome. Welcome to another Ask Jess video podcast. Good morning, Dawn. How are you? Hey, Amy. So nice to see you guys this morning. How's everyone doing today? I am. Hey, Patty. <laughs> Hi, Kathy. I am so excited. Hi, Susan and Kim and Keely. You guys, today I am talking about something that is an issue that comes up, especially for women, all the time. Should I keep clothing that doesn't fit me? What do I do with clothing that does not fit? If this is a question that you have asked yourself before, give me a thumbs up, right? Let me know this is something that you are struggling with. I know this is such a complicated and emotionally loaded topic, so I wanted to come on here for this podcast today and talk about how we can deal with this issue because really it can be so difficult. So the first thing that I want you to think about when you think about your clothing is if you have clothing that does not fit you right now, that clothing is actually a whole separate category of stuff in your house from clothing that does fit you. So you have your everyday clothing that fits you, that you wear, right? That's your clothing, that's your collection of clothing. Now clothing that does not currently fit you, that you are holding on to, that is a whole separate category of clothing in your home. So right off the bat, I want you to start to think about your, you know, we're used to thinking about different subcategories of clothing. We have winter clothing, we have summer clothing, right? We have ski clothing, we have like sport specific clothing. Clothing that does not fit should not be co-mingled in with all of the rest of your clothing. This is a totally, totally separate category of clothing. So once you can start to see it as a separate category of clothing, it's so much easier to begin to address it. If you have been following me for a long time, you know that I always say, let your space dictate the amount of stuff that you're going to keep in a collection. So if we're talking about clothing that does not fit you, the first thing you wanna do is figure out how much space, how much of your precious closet and dresser space, or maybe this is a category of clothing that you're keeping in your basement or your attic or your garage, which I don't condone, <laughs> but I know that this is a realistic solution for some people. How much space are you willing to devote in your house to this collection? Is it one bin? Is it two bins? Is it the back corner of your closet? Is it one drawer of your dresser? So right off the bat, just think about this as a whole separate separate collection, right? How much space are you willing to devote to clothing that does not currently fit you? And remember, space is always, our space is a personal parameter in our life. How much storage space we have in our house is personal to us. So 
A lot of times people are looking for the right answer. Should I keep two pairs of pants or should I keep 10 pairs of pants? The right answer is different for everyone and it really comes down to how much space you have and how much space you're willing to devote to a category. But when it comes to clothing that doesn't fit you, the more that I've thought about this and the more that I've talked to people about it, the more I've really come to realize that one huge problem that there is with this collection of clothing, clothing that doesn't fit you, is that oftentimes it prompts a negative feedback loop. So I talk all the time about feedback loops, right? We have positive feedback loops in our life and we have negative feedback loops in our life. And this is just what the, the most common scenario that I've experienced and that I've heard from other people. So let me know if this scenario resonates. And I know that this is not the same for everyone, but this is just the most common one. You have clothing that's too small for you because you've gained weight and you're hanging on to that clothing because you're hoping that you are going to lose weight and you are going to have this clothing that will fit you when you lose weight, right? So how many people have experienced this? And I know I for sure have um, in their life. That's why you're hanging on to the clothing. You spent money on it. You know, you were a size eight, now you're a size 14 and you're working really hard to get back down to a size eight. And when you're a size eight, in your mind, you will have all of this clothing that fits you so you will not have to buy new clothing. So here's the problem though. When you see clothing that doesn't fit you, so you're doing all of this stuff, right? All of this stuff to try and be healthier. And I, I, I wanna just recognize that this is super loaded and healthy is totally relevant. Um, size is totally relevant. I, you know, I personally, when I see people, it's all about who you are on the inside that matters the most. This is something I have struggled with over my lifetime, but I'm at a good place with it right now. Um, I truly believe that size does not matter and you can do so many things to be healthy and you could be big, you could be small. It's, you know, your size on the outside really has nothing to do with your health. But what we talk about from a cultural standpoint is that if you lose weight, if you get healthier and you lose weight, you know, that's like, that's that seems to be a very common goal. That is what the diet industry is always telling us that you have to lose weight to be healthier and that this this is the reward is that you are gonna fit into a smaller size clothing. So in your mind, you're hanging on to the reward, right? That's why you're keeping clothing that does not fit you. But how rewarding is it to have clothing that does not fit you in your closet? Because this is what typically happens. So you're like all set to, to get healthier, right? So you're drinking your water, you're exercising, you're doing all of the things, but then you go into your closet with a jam full of clothing. So right off the bat, it creates anxiety, overwhelm. It doesn't make you feel good to go into a space that is chock, if you can even get into your closet, right? So, I mean, off. let's just recognize the fact that sometimes we can't even walk into our closets because there's so much stuff in there. So you have so much stuff in your closet, clothing that doesn't fit you, clothing that does fit you, clothing you don't like, clothing you love. So, you know, just lots of things in your closet. Right off the bat, you're feeling stressed, just opening up that door because it's so full of stuff. Then your eyes land on that pair of jeans, right? That pair of jeans that you wore 
uh, maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, tell me how many years you guys have been hanging on to that pair of jeans, right? And you tell yourself once again, you know, I am going to fit into that pair of jeans. But what happens? You see the jeans and do you feel good or do you feel bad? Typically, you don't see those jeans and think of all the happy memories you had in the jeans, right? You see those jeans and you think of failure. You think of your failure to lose weight and be that stereotypical size or that whatever, you know, that whatever you're telling yourself is the right thing to do, the right place to be, the right size to be, you're not there. So you feel bad. You have a negative reaction. And this is what sparks that negative feedback loop. Because what happens when you feel bad, when you start to get negative thoughts in your head? You self-sabotage. This is human nature, right? You don't take this and say, okay, I'm going out for a run. You feel like a failure. So you engage in activities that are not healthy. They're not on this healthy path that you started on. So maybe you sit down with that pint of ice cream or you curl up and watch Netflix, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing any of that. But is that helping you get to that goal that you are hanging on to this stuff as a reward for? No, <laughs> no, it is not. It is creating more clutter in your life. It's not just clutter in your closet, right? It's emotion. It's literally creating an emotional thought pattern. This more clutter in your head that you have to sort through. It's sparking habitual things to happen that make you feel bad and make you feel guilty. So is it worth it to be hanging on to all of this clothing that does not fit you, right? Is that worth it? Is it worth it to have so much clothing that you can't put away your laundry easily, right? So everything that you do is taking more time and is feeling not positive because there's no space in your life. You're, you don't have the space to sit and meditate and breathe. You don't have the space to do yoga. You don't have the space, you know, in your house. You don't have the space to work out at home. You don't have the space just to think about what would be the positive next step because you're faced with all of these things that really drain us. <laughs> they really drain us. So <laughs> the more that I think about it, the more that I would advise you to make sure you are not hanging on to stuff that is get, keeping you stuck in a negative feedback loop. So if you wanna hang on to clothing that does not fit, what you wanna do is go back to the beginning again, pull all of that clothing together. That is one category of stuff in your house. Pull it together, decide, okay, I am willing to devote X amount of space to this collection. Maybe it's one bin, maybe it's one drawer, maybe it's, you know, one foot, one linear foot of hanging space in your closet. That is how much space I am giving to this collection. And that is it. Now, the other side of this is what happens when you do lose weight. So I have had this conversation with tons and tons of people working with them. And then 
lo and behold, you know, life changes, life shifts and things happen and you end up losing weight. So now you do fit into your clothing. What do you do now? So in the comments, you guys, tell me what you do when you lose weight. Do you go into your attic and pull out your clothing from a decade ago? No. <laughs> nope. You go and you buy new clothing, right? I mean, and, and I'm not saying you, we, we all do this, right? So you get back down to a certain size and then you want to go and reward yourself with new clothing. So the reward that you've been hanging on to isn't even that rewarding. You don't actually even want it in the end. And the other thing that happens, especially with women's bodies, is you could be a size, you know, whatever, a size 14. Uh, and then five years later, you're a size 14. But those same size 14 clothing, it doesn't fit because your body shape has shifted because out the way that our hormones work, it shifts where fat is on our body and where it just shifts your whole entire body. You might have a baby, you might have five babies, you know, whatever the case may be. And then guess what? That size that you've been holding on to, it doesn't even actually fit you correctly like it did when you wore it originally. So it does, it just doesn't work. So you're hanging on to all of this stuff. It's out of fashion, right? You're hanging on to all this stuff. It's out of fashion. It doesn't fit you right. And for years, it's been draining your energy just having extra stuff in your house. So <laughs> what should we do if we have clothing that doesn't fit us? Save the best of the best, the stuff that truly brings you joy to find a certain amount of space for that stuff and just be realistic about what will happen in the future and how, what is the best way for you to get to your goal? How can you create a positive feedback loop every morning when you wake up, every time that you do your laundry? What can you do? One thing that you can do is create a closet that you absolutely love. Create this space that really nourishes your soul that you want to be in. Have a collection, a small collection of clothing that is absolutely perfect for you, right? Perfect for you. Tracy in the comments says, bless someone else. That's what helps me. Yes, bless someone else with your clothing while it is still in style, while somebody else would love to wear it. Pass it along to somebody who would love to wear it and create space in your life and in your house and in your closet for you to engage in activities that are going to truly make you a healthier and happier person, right? Time to relax, time to breathe, spaces that don't overwhelm you, time to cook more because everybody says, you know, cooking more helps me to become healthier, right? Preparing my own food, preparing my healthy food, we all know is, is healthier than going out to a fast food restaurant, going out to even a fine dining restaurant for that matter. So it gives you space for all of these healthier activities. So <laughs> that is the long and short of creating positive feedback loops with your clothing. If you guys have any questions, you can drop them into the comments and I'm just gonna scroll back and see if, um, if there's anything that I missed in here. It's so nice to see everyone on here. 
And yes, it is it is freezing. It is freezing in upstate New York right now. So and raining. So if you're joining me locally, uh, I am standing in solidarity with you in the cold weather here. <laughs> Karen says snow this morning and she's tired of it. Yep, totally. Hey, Dorlene. Hey, Colleen. Hey, Karen. Hi, Carol. Oh, thanks, Carol. <laughs> Hi, Tracy and Debbie. Um, so Tracy says, I got rid of my clothing because you taught me that it shames and guilts me. Yes, we don't need any more shame and guilt in our life. All we have to do is turn on the TV or open up a newspaper or a magazine and there's, there's shame and guilt everywhere. We need to be surrounded by positivity. We need to create these spaces that are the opposite of shame and guilt that build us up, that help us launch ourselves into the world into, help us be the best that we can be so that we can show up for other people who we love and care about as our best selves. I think so often, you know, when you get dressed in the morning, it's really this pivotal, pivotal, pivotal time, pivotal time, because it sets your mood for the next, you know, it could set your mood for the whole day, but at least it sets your mood for the next hour. So if you have a negative experience first thing in the morning when you're getting dressed, you know, you're going to come into the kitchen, you're going to be helping your kids with their food, with their lunches, their breakfast, you know, well, I guess we're not making lunches right now because we're all quarantined uh, in the morning. But, you know, you want to be able to smile and you're so genuinely happy to be with these people that you love, but you don't want to have had a negative experience five minutes before that is infiltrating into this moment now, right? So, it really, we think that it only impacts us for a second, but it, think about how long you feel that stress for. It doesn't just go away like that. Um, okay. So some people are commenting that the feed is freezing. That's a Facebook thing. <laughs> I wish that, I wish it didn't freeze. I'm sorry. Usually if you refresh the video, it comes right back. Um, hi, Janeth. How are you? Cannot get into my garage. You will stick with it. Stick with it, girl. You'll be getting into that garage soon. Um, yeah, Noreen, I buy new clothing. Everybody buys new clothing. Um, bodies change and clothes go out of style. Debbie says I'm halfway through my weight loss journey. Congratulations, Debbie. I'm going to get rid of all but my 15 very favorites. I love that, Debbie. So you have a very defined number, 15 very favorites, things that you absolutely love. I think that that is great. Hey, Paulette. <laughs> 90 in Texas. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, so Colleen says, and this is a really good point. It's also losing value if you think that you can resell it. This is a huge, hugely important thing. And I'm, thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, when we go to resell our clothing, so so often we're hanging on stuff, right? Because we spent money on it and we think, oh, it'll be worth something. So clothing, there is so much clothing in the world that just in general, clothing is not worth very, it does not hold its value very well. Now, of course, there are a few exceptions, but in general, clothing does not hold its value. And the longer that you hang on to it, 
the least valuable, the less valuable that it becomes. So if you're going to consign your clothing, there's a number on the tag of, of all clothing and it corresponds to the season and year that that clothing was produced. So say you have something from The Gap and you bring it to a consignment store. The consignment store can put that number into their computer and see how old that garment is. So they typically only take things that are one to two years old because that's from a style standpoint, we're in a very fast fashion world. Styles change so quickly. Um, so from a style standpoint, even if the garment is new with tags, that really doesn't actually mean anything if the garment is more than a year or two old. So another reason that you might be hanging on to stuff is because it's new with tags. Remember, sometimes we bring things into our life because we needed to go shopping. We needed that little escape. We didn't actually need the thing that we purchased. But say that you purchased something for $30, never wore it, maybe the purpose of that garment was just a reason for you to go shopping. You needed that mental escape of going to the store, of shopping around, you needed to get away, you needed that, that retail therapy, and it cost you $30 to have two hours of retail therapy. So instead of thinking about having something in your closet that costs $30, and you want to recoup some of your money, think of it as, thank goodness that was just a $30 trip to the store. It was retail therapy. It was therapy. It's what I needed. It was not about the actual thing that I purchased. It was that that day I needed to do that. And it only cost me $30. And for that, I am so grateful because it could have cost a lot more to fill that void that I was needing to fill in that moment, right? So just because something is $30, number one, doesn't mean that that's its actual value. Most likely its value is so much less, probably closer to three to $6. Um, and number two, maybe it wasn't about the shirt in the beginning anyway. We just say it's about the shirt because we need an excuse. It's hard to say I need to go wander around for a little while and clear my head. It's easier to say, I need to go purchase a new shirt, right? So we always have, we feel like we have to make these excuses to go and do what really is just meandering around and letting, you know, seeing different colors, seeing patterns, feeling good, um, going through that experience. It's sometimes not enough for us to say, I just need to get out of here and go to the mall, right? We say, I need a shirt for whatever, but actually, you have a ton of shirts and you, that's not really the reason why, but maybe you don't even know that. So, okay, that was a long-winded, um, it's definitely losing its resale value the longer that you hold on to it. Tracy, I definitely feel so much better. I'll be doing round two on my closets. Thank you, thank you. You are so welcome, Tracy. I've been loving seeing your pictures also. Hi, Betsy. This is so awesome. I'm on a weight loss journey and have been feeling I need to go through the too small clothing I want to save. You are welcome, Betsy. So let us know how it goes. Get into the Prioritize Your Sanity group and let us know how it goes when you go through your clothing. Um, <laughs> 
Why do I not condone one collection of clothing in the basement, say winter or dresses? Okay, so here's the issue, Jen, with storing stuff in the basement. So basements, now if you have a finished basement, I would maybe consider that as okay, but basements, garages, and attics are typically prone to changes in heat and humidity, and also which can compromise the integrity of anything that you store in there. And also it can be a spot where there's most likely to be um, damage from water or um, there could be mice down there or, or little bugs. So stuff that's stored in attics, basements, and garages typically can get a little like musty smelling. Uh, it might get damaged by some, you know, like a flood or a fire or something like that. Uh, it might get damaged by little critters that are down there. But in general, you want to be able to see all of any collection that you have. You want to be able to see all of your collection of that stuff all at once. So in most places in the country, we really don't have true summer and true winter. Now we might have like winter jackets that we really would only wear in winter, but like upstate New York right now, it's the middle of April. We have had snow we have had 65 degree days, right? So we really need access to the vast majority of our clothing for most of the year. When you put stuff into the attic, basement, or garage, and you need it, you're more likely to go buy a new sweater, buy a new fleece, instead of search through the bins of your stuff that you have in stored in a different location. So with our collections, we wanna keep all of our collections store them all together in a spot and store in one spot in a way so that we can see everything that we have all at once. So if you have a really big collection of clothing, that's okay, right? You can have a huge collection of clothing, but that means that your other collections in your house need to shrink to accommodate that larger collection of clothing. So if clothing is your thing, no problem. You can take over all the closets if your family will let you, but I would not advise separating it out by season because that always ends up costing you more money. Swapping out your clothing seasonally also takes a ton of time. That is usually at least a half a day's worth of work to go unpack your winter stuff, pack up your summer stuff and swap that out. So over the course of the year, you're losing a day or two just swapping out clothing, you could be doing a lot more. I mean, and, and if that's what you want to do, okay, uh, that's fine. There's no judgment there, right? But most people don't look forward to that task, right? So let me know in the comments, do you look forward to swapping out your seasonal clothing? Now, if you have like, you know, snow pants, winter jackets, like stuff that's truly, truly, truly seasonal that you would not go out and purchase before pulling down your bin of winter gear, then I'm totally okay with you storing that in the attic, basement, or garage, provided that it's stored in something protective that's gonna keep the mice out and gonna keep any water damage out or anything like that. Uh, so really specific collections, seasonal collections, that's fine. You can store them in different places. But the goal at the end of the day is to live within your closet and dresser space that you have in your room. The other thing is, so there's a couple of statistics that get thrown around. Some say that we wear 20% of our clothing 80% of the time. 
Other people say we wear 10% of our clothing 90% of the time. So thinking about how much you actually really wear uh, is, is interesting. Um, there's this hanger trick, right? So where you can like switch all your hangers to be the opposite direction. And then you can see over time what you're not wearing based on the direction of the hanger. So that's an interesting thing that you can do. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can start to tackle your clothing. Uh, there's no right way or wrong way, but giving it a little bit of thought beforehand is definitely the thing to do. So, okay. Okay, so Colleen says, my consignment store says three years max, max, right? And then when they have a lot of stuff, they go down to like one year. Um, and Carol says, don't buy anything unless you love it. Otherwise you won't wear it. Yes. 100% Carol. I completely agree. If you're going to keep something in your life, you should love it and it should fit you well. And if it doesn't feel free to return it, right? Just go on and return it. Uh, there's no reason to have things that you don't absolutely love and does not actually fit you well. Uh, yeah, the retail therapy. That's so true. Sentimental clothes. Okay, this is another good point. Colleen, <laughs> you have all the good points today. I'm so glad that you're just about to be coaching with me. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> um, sentimental clothing is a different category. So this is true too. You have your clothing that doesn't fit you. You have your clothing that you're currently wearing. And then sentimental clothing is a completely different category. So Colleen and so Colleen says her, her John Mayer concert tees right? That's sentimental. That's not everyday clothing and it's not clothing that doesn't fit you. So you want to figure out how much space you want to devote to your sentimental clothing. Jen, I know that you have a collection of concert tees also, sentimental clothing. So that's just, that's a totally different category. It should be all stored together in a way that you can see it all at once. Um, and you know, inside your closet is a great space that you can decorate to really reflect your personality. So why not take those tees and do something really cool with them? Make a display area inside your closet if you can with this stuff that's very sentimental that makes you feel great when you see it. That would be a good place to do that. Amy says, I've begun my closet so sad. Many, many items with tags buried under items, at least 20 years old in small size, small to one X. It's, I mean, Amy, I got to tell you, you're not alone here. <laughs> you are not alone. So many people have the same situation. Um, <laughs> Juliana, hi. Juliana says, so I figured it out. I'm not a clothes girl or a shoes girl or a handbags girl. I'm a designer seeds girl. Me too. <laughs> Baker Creek heirloom seeds all the way. <laughs> Uh, Tracy says, I live in Wisconsin and I'm working on a mix and match clothes for year round. I love it. So if you guys are interested in kind of seeing how other people are doing a more minimalistic clothing wear wardrobe, uh, there's Project 333, which is a good place to start. Um, capsule wardrobes are a thing. So basically what Tracy is referring to is a capsule wardrobe. It's a mix and match wardrobe that works for the whole year with just a few key pieces that you can mix and match, right? So capsule wardrobe would be something to Google. Project 333 would be something to Google. Um, the wearing a uniform for women to work is like a new trend also. So you basically create your own uniform, wear it to work. It reduces decision fatigue in the morning. If this resonates with you, if you love getting up and love picking out your outfit and it's like a huge like thing that you really are into, 
you don't have to do any of this stuff, right? You just have to shrink your other collections to accommodate this one. Um, yeah, Jen says, usually we'll never go back to clothes in the basement or garage or attic. That's right. Um, hi, Darlene, how you doing? Under bed storage for rarely worn stuff. So I'm on the fence about that, but I mean, I think as you're on this journey, if that's part of it, storing stuff under your bed for a little while, I, I could be okay with that. Um, yeah, I, I could be okay with that if, if it's part of your journey. <laughs> Carol says, I so agree about not swapping out clothing and we do need heavier jackets when we don't expect it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> hey, Diana. Oh, <laughs> Shivi, thank you so much. Thank you for saying that I make things easier. I appreciate it. Jennifer says, I don't want to switch all of my hangers so I can do the hanger thing. <laughs> Claire, hey, Claire. Claire does the hanger trick and she loves it. It's easier for me to get rid of my kids, but I struggle when I go through mine. Kim, so just, you know, round one, just round one. Do all the easy stuff first. You don't need to get to the end point in the, you know, the first time you do this, it's, this is a journey. It's a journey. It's a marathon, right? Not a sprint. <laughs> How often do you go through your closet and donate? Tracy asks. So Tracy, I actually have a super small, I have a really big closet, but we have redone, we're in the process of redoing our closet and we will have actually a little bit less storage space because I am making it into a space that I love. Um, so I'm actually reducing the storage because I want to put some artwork in there. And, I, you know, um, so I have a very, very defined amount of space for my clothing. And as soon as that feels starts to feel a little tight, I go through and let go of stuff. I also what happens over time is the more that you declutter and the more that you get used to really identifying what you love, the easier it is, like I'll be putting clothing away and I'll be like, oh, oops, you know, I don't need to keep this anymore because it just doesn't fit right or it's just a little too worn or whatever it is. I just pull it out right away. So decluttering goes from being the big event, right, to being something that's just part of your every day. So it's not even a thing that you have to dedicate time to going through your closet again and again and again. You do have to go through your closet several times. But the more that you do it and the, the more defined your amount of space, the easier it becomes to just make this part of your everyday. So we have a donation bag that we keep in the guest room. And whenever anybody in the house has clothing that they don't want anymore, it just goes right into that donation bag. And when the bag is full, I take it to the bin. Um, so there's really not a whole lot of thought that goes into it. There's not a whole lot of time that goes into it. Uh, it's just part of our habits. But in the beginning, I did go through my closet so many times, right? Just kept getting better and better and better and better at figuring out what I love and what I want to keep. I did Project 333 for a while. I did a capsule wardrobe. So I experimented with a lot of different things to see what worked for me. And now I know like how much clothing I feel comfortable maintaining. Uh, I feel comfortable visually seeing um, and it's really easy if I need to replace a pair of pants. Okay. I just get, you know, it's like, it's a very simple process, uh, but it took me years to get here, but you'll get there too. So it's definitely, um, you know, you'll get there. 
Janice, do I divide all my three boys' clothing? So that depends on your setup. Uh, do they have the same room? Do they share the same closet space? It, you know, that totally depends on your, if you're hanging on stuff for like hand-me-downs, how much time is in between when your kids are going to need the hand-me-downs. I used to be big into hand-me-downs and then I realized they were taking so much of my time and my younger daughter really has a different style than my older daughter. So she doesn't, in the end, after hanging on to this stuff for so many years, she doesn't even want it, right? So I keep the smallest amount of hand-me-downs now. Um, and when with kids, if you want to get a large amount of clothing to go through, just post on Facebook, use your community. Hey, who has boys size seven clothing? I'm sure you can actually accumulate a tremendous amount really quickly without spending any money. So you don't need to worry that you're not gonna have the ability to get hand-me-downs in the future. Clothing, we have so much clothing, especially children's clothing. Brenda, hey Brenda, I do this for my son and and find it is a good way to go through what doesn't fit him anymore. He keeps on growing. He's tall, Brenda. <laughs> If no room for concerts, he's hanging in the closet. What is a good way or place to store them? Jen, let's, um, you know, let's, you want to store them somehow where you want to have maybe your favorites on display. Like you create like a, an area that is your area where you really, you know, see them and love them. Um, I would, if this is sentimental stuff, so I would make sure that you have good storage where it's not going to get ruined first and foremost. Um, and then we can brainstorm. I can make a Pinterest board maybe with some ideas that would be helpful. I've been trying to do Pinterest boards lately. So um, check back in a week. Maybe there will be a Pinterest board with concert tea display ideas there. <laughs> so Jen, if, if they're all in the same closet right now, I think that's totally fine. I would keep them all together if that's working for you. And that gives you a very defined amount of space for your boys' clothing. So that I think that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Juliana, we're back to talking about seeds and vegetables. <laughs> um, I got purple lady bok choy at the co-op this morning. Diana says, make a quilt with those concert teas. That is a great idea. Or you can also, Jen, if you're not uh, crafty, you can send your teas to somebody who will turn them into a quilt or a wall hanging um, and quilts can be very modern looking too. So if you think quilt and you think that's not your style, there's really modern looking quilts out there. There's a lot of cool things that you can do. Um, I'll definitely make that Pinterest board. <laughs> Hi, Darlene. Mary, hey, Mary, need to stop collecting aspirational clothing for a life I don't live. Yes, yes, that's so true, right? Um, maybe just take pictures of the clothing. I know that Colleen does that, takes pictures or screenshot something and then if she wants it, it's there or the picture of it is there without actually spending the money or taking up the space with the item. Carol says, sometimes I go through my closet and take out things I haven't worn. I leave them in another room for a couple of weeks or so. And if I don't miss them or look for them, I am ready to donate them. It works great. Yes, I love, that's a stepped approach to getting rid of stuff. And that really, really works well for some people. So if you are very afraid that you are going to miss something, taking this stepped approach can be kind of like a good bridge to letting go of something. So pack it up, get it ready to go, put a date on the box, 
And then if you haven't looked at it in a month or three months or whatever your number is, you can just easily let it go. That really does work well for some people. Uh, Janet says, I have a bag during putting up laundry torn or stained. Yep. Um, Colleen says, I liked your advice not to save just in case interview clothes too. Got rid of all the suits I only wore for that and kept just one blazer to dress up any outfit. Yeah. Um, if you have an interview, <laughs> there's a good chance you're going to go buy a new suit or outfit to wear to your interview. Um, Tracy, I had plans to keep a donate bag and getting rid of what I don't like when I get ready for work, but now I'm working for home. <laughs> Join the club, right? It changes everything. Um, my daughter's joke, we only get dressed from the top up, right? Top up dress. So we don't... Anastasia, my, uh, my older daughter, told me the other day her laundry is only pajamas and t-shirts, like pajama pants and t-shirts. She's like, mom, I haven't washed anything but pajama pants and t-shirts. So it happens when you're doing your schoolwork from your bed all day long. Um, Janice says the hanger thing didn't work for me. You color coded instead. Oh, that's a good idea too. See, you guys are so smart. Um, Juliana, I am a stepped approach girl at this chapter of my life. Karen says donated 43 blazers I hadn't worn since I retired. If you have work attire, there actually are specific donation places for women's work attire. So if um, there's like for low income women or homeless women who are going on a job interview, there are in every city, um, there are clothing pantries basically that take women's uh workwear, work attire. So that would be a great place to go with any blazers or suits or anything that like that. Also, um, formal dresses for like proms and things. So you can bring formal dresses to those places. Dana says, I have one outfit that I wear for funerals and interviews. Yes, the black outfit. Um, <laughs> I can resonate with that. Uh, <laughs> All right, so I'm going to read this last comment and then we're going to end on this. Colleen says, I read a quote that said, now that we've been through a plague, we know why Renaissance paintings are all chubby women laying around with their boobs hanging out. <laughs> okay, on that note, you guys, um, please make sure that you mark your calendars for two things coming up. Tomorrow is Earth Day at noon Eastern time, I will be streaming one of my most popular workshops called The Answer Is Less. For Earth Day, in honor of Earth Day, it offers practical reason, practical ways to start consuming less. So that is The Answer Is Less tomorrow at noon. Next week on the podcast, due to very popular demand, we are going to talk about relationship clutter. So all of the clutter that manifests in all different ways in our relationships with people who are close to us and how to deal with that. So that's next week, Tuesday at 12.15. And as always, the replays of the podcast are available on YouTube. Thank you guys so, so, so much for tuning in. I love doing these. I love seeing everybody. I love connecting. And I will see you inside of the Prioritize Your Sanity group on Facebook. Have a great day, everyone, and have a great week.